0: You're listening to an all-new episode of Off the Rails with Sloppy Yellow. Views and opinions expressed here reflect hardcore fan perspectives and sometimes might be factual. Be advised, this podcast may contain adult language. Alright, Rob.
1: Uh, we're going to go ahead and get started. And we'll get started in 5, four, three, two. Boys and girls, welcome back. We are now in 2020. Uh, we're starting a brand new decade here, at Rob Lopes. We got NASCAR racing starting this weekend. Uh, as we tape this on Wednesday night, uh, you've got your car all buttoned up, put to sleep, ready to get out there tomorrow and dual one. And I got to tell you, Rob Lopes, everybody, you know, as soon as the season's over, it seems like everybody's like, oh, thank God for the break. But it doesn't take long to get that racing fever to get back into you and you're ready to hit the track, does it?
0: That's a true story. Um, I mean, it is nice. I'll be honest with you. It is nice to have that break because mm-hmm. it gives you a chance to uh, recharge your batteries, you know, spend some time with the family, enjoy life a little bit. But it doesn't, I'll tell you what, uh, that off season, sure, it seems to get shorter and shorter every year. You know what I mean? I know exactly
1: what you mean, man. But the competitive spirit, especially with somebody like you who's a, a professional team member here, but even the fans, I, it just seems like all of a sudden uh, twitter has woken up and we've got news articles out we got cars on the track and it's like every i can feel the excitement and i I, mean, I it's just a it's just a great time of year uh we got the president of the united states coming down to the daytona 500 which i think is a major major deal it's fantastic for the sport um it's it's good for the country as far as i'm concerned and it's just a man this is the daytona 500 it, it, we all talk about it's the super bowl but it is every bit as big as a Super Bowl for what we're getting ready to do. And it's just pomp and circumstance and all that stuff. I love it around the Daytona 500. It's it's a fantastic thing. Let's talk right back in here to the to the clash. Um, I watched it via Twitter while I was on a plane back to Texas. But I got to tell you, Rob Lopes, um, from every angle, every perspective, there's not very many people I've talked to that said – that it wasn't anything other than a cuss word show now that doesn't mean it wasn't entertaining rob Lopes. but my god did we spend a lot we wrecked a lot of race cars out there on the class didn't we pal uh
0: i'll tell you what i can't i have a hard time trying to think of any race anywhere other than heck any race anywhere that have decimated that many race cars in mm-hmm. such a short time yeah. i mean Seventy-five laps. Yeah. And if I recall, what was there, six cars left on the racetrack when the checker flew, if I I remember correctly? Yeah, six. Um, Yeah, it was – and I agree with you, very entertaining race. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, The competition yellow at lap 25 really set up some drama. Yeah. Um, You know, I guess basically added a stage – you know, we made a we made a right. classic stage race, which definitely added some drama to it, mm-hmm. um, because that puts you coming to the checker on limited fuel. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, if we can sit here and go through it, and the Chevys yeah. had one, the Chevys had a strategy, yep. and the Fords and the Toyotas had a different strategy,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it almost worked in the Chevrolet's favor,
1: yeah. almost. Yeah. Well, almost doesn't count for a whole heck of a lot except for hand grenades and uh, and horseshoes. But but I you know I got to tell you this, Rob. I, I'm not a big fan of any race that doesn't that doesn't. There's 36 races as far as I'm concerned in NASCAR season. I don't count the Clash. I don't count um I don't count the All Star race. I do count the duels, and I'll tell you why is because you get points for the duels now. Um they're not part of the 36 races but they they the duels is where I start paying attention. I don't really like the clash but but I'll tell you what. I'm in the I'm in minority because Fox said I mean they've had the most viewers for the clash since 2014. They saw 2.45 million viewers for the clash and we can talk about how it was a Cuss word. show all we want to but fact of the matter is the clash is doing well is doing fine because people are dying to see cars on the track i mean it turned out to be is a wreck fest and that sort of thing but that tells you that america the race fan is ready to get some cars on the track and watch racing when people will sit through that shit show and and and, and watch it it's we are ready for the daytona 500 now i have to ask you a question um i, I want your maybe this is a comment answer if, if there's anything you'd like to add please do but at the end of the race we saw two toyotas um eric jones had the the front end his looked like he'd ran into a fire hydrant or something like that and he gets pushed to victory by denny hamlin but a clean pristine no, no, it it, it, it it looked like he hit like a, a small um, uh, fire plug compared to a big one, but it we had a clean number three Austin Dillon who could not pass him, and now he's a Daytona five hundred winner. He won it in two thousand eighteen. We got a brand new Chevy nose. We're looking for all this stuff. Um, you know, Jimmy Johnson was up there. Obviously, you know the, the Chevys have some speed because they're on the front row, but. Definitely. Good God Almighty, son, I, it's amazing to me that Austin Dillon couldn't pass those guys. Am I missing something, Rob? Is there something that I, I just was waiting for him to get up there and get past him, and he never did. Do you have any idea what the hell happened?
0: Yes. It's called teamwork. Because good. two cars at a super speedway, as we all know, two cars are faster than one. The draft is faster than any single car. Mm-hmm. And... That's Speedway Racing 101, and what you okay. saw was, and this is, you know, it's funny you bring this up because this is something I was thinking about earlier today, is how did those two, destroy, basically destroyed race cars, yeah, manage to do what they did in that race? hmm And it was simple, teamwork. Yeah. And the and the Toyota advantage, I'll call it. And the Toyota yeah. advantage is very simple to very simple to see. Toyota's banner is carried by Joe Gibbs Racing. Mm-hmm. There are four cars in that house. Yep. Now, granted, there's a few toy- other Toyotas sprinkled through the field, but Toyota is Joe Gibbs Racing is Toyota, and vice versa in yep. in NASCAR racing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now you have Ford camps with Roush Fenway, yep. Penske, and Stuart Haas. You have Chevy camps with, and I'm and I'm just big hitters is what I'm getting at here. I'm not trying to discount yeah. anybody else, but I'm talking about the big hitting organizations. Sure. Chevro- Chevrolet camps are Hendrick, mm-hmm. RCR, yep. and Ganassi. Yep. Well, basically, it's easier to control when one guy gives the order. Is hey. I don't care which Toyota it is, it's a Toyota. But that's Joe Gibbs saying that. You know, We work together, we work as teammates, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And now I'm paraphrasing here who knows what was said, but I'm just looking at the way things are. Now Ford can come and say, okay, Ford, it needs to be a Ford, I don't care who it is, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. However, you have the owner of those three Ford organizations go, yes, it needs to be a Ford, but it better be one of our Fords. Yeah. And yeah. the same thing for Chevrolet. And I think that little bit, when you have one guy telling you what to do and that controls everything that's happening, that's yeah. one thing. When you have one guy telling uh, telling three organizations what to do, yeah. that changes things. That's just yeah. my opinion, just my opinion. No,
1: that, that makes sense, uh, Rob Because uh, You know, when you play the game, you know, where everybody sits around the table and you whisper a secret in one person's ear. And by the time it gets all the way around, it's something completely different. I mean, the, the, when you can control the, the the mission and the statement with one organization versus having to go out there and spread it across, you know, three different with, with a bunch of different um, swinging cuss
0: words and and,
1: and and egos and that sort of thing, it can get a little bit difficult, I would imagine, going from from one place to another, but I, I I was re- I was waiting when I saw those. Listen, if that doesn't tell you just how important the draft is, nothing's going to. Because those two cars had exactly. no business winning that race. If you look at if you looked at yeah. Austin Dillon's car and the uh, twenty and the eleven car at the end of that race, you would say, well, there's obviously um, Austin Dillon won. <laughs> no, he did not win, and it took and, and teamwork. Push that across the finish line, and, it, and it's funny you mentioned uh, teamwork because Chase Elliott was asked today. Uh, again, we're taping Wednesday, but he was asked today during the media. You know, can the can the Chevys stick together and 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 finally win a race here and all this kind of stuff, a, a plate race and all that. And uh, it's, they last year was the first year Chevy made a concerted effort. They took a lot of Cuss word. about it, but they took a concerted effort to to make sure that they worked together. And that sort of thing. And they did pretty well, but there's nobody who does it. But the, the Ford started that stuff. And, but there's, like you said, there's three good Ford teams out there. And now you've got Toyota. They're basically one big house uh, with, with, yeah, Jay, Joe Gibbs Racing. And that makes a complete, a complete lot of sense. One other thing we got to talk about here when it comes to Clash, Brian or Brad says, allow me. Can I, can Sorry, I, yeah. can I interrupt
0: you for one second? Of course. Why? Since, since we were on the topic of the Chevrolets. Mm-hmm. Now, the Chevrolets put together a strategy, and they were on a different pit cycle, yeah. different pit strategy than the rest of the field. Mm-hmm. And they their strategy was, we are going to stretch fuel. We are going yep. to all pit before the competition yellow, and we are going to stretch the fuel. We will be the leaders, and we will stretch the fuel. Yeah. So they're by themselves. Yep. And all the Fords and Toyotas come and pit, and they there's a half a track in between those two groups. The Fords and Toyotas that pitted that had plenty of fuel, and the yep. Chevrolets that decided they were going to stretch it. Yep. So now they pit, you know, they're they're spread out, they're half a track mm-hmm. apart. Now you could see anybody that watched the race could watch the telemetry and see that that group was traveling much slower,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like probably close to ten miles an hour. Yeah. And and they all the Chevrolets were taking turns up front and they were, it almost looked like a bicycle race. Like a guy would lead a while and then he'd drop to the tail. Then the next the next man in line would lead a while and then he'd drop to the tail. And they were doing everything they could to save fuel yeah. to make it mm-hmm. to the end. Yeah. And there was a point when the Toyotas and the Chevrolets were all hooked up in that group and they were running them down 2 seconds a lap. Yeah. Then all of a sudden that group decided, "Hey, man, we're going to do some racing. Mm -hmm. So they're racing side-by-side, three wide, and it slowed that group down. And I even remember making the comment out loud. I'm like, right now the Chevrolets are laughing their asses off. Yeah. They're like, they're sitting up there going, go ahead, boys. We're going to run 185 miles an hour, and we're going to stretch this thing to the end. You guys go ahead and race because you ain't going to catch us. Mm -hmm. Then it was like somebody turned the light switch on and said, hey, boys, we need to line up. Yeah. And the Fords and the Toyotas lined up and ran them cats down. And now this is where things got really, really (laughs) stupid. And that was when the Ford-Toyota line caught the Chevrolet line. And there was one Ford in that Chevrolet line that was Joe Logano, the 22. Yeah. They ran them down like a freight train and were coming up on them like they came up on them like they were tied to a tree. Yeah. And for some reason... One or two of these other guys decided, hey, man, let's jump in that line where there's a gap. Yeah. <laughs> now, mind you, you've been riding around 10 miles an hour slower, and you're in fuel conservation yeah. mode, and this freight train is coming by you, and you're trying to hop on. Yep. First off, I understand how the draft works, and I'm not sitting in a car, but from an, from a guy standing on the ground that has seen a lot of these races, to mm-hmm. me, that didn't seem like a good idea. And it didn't turn into... craziness I thought it was to start with until the driver of the 22 was leading the line and trying to stop this freight train yep and then that's when hell ensued and from that point now you're you are in basically shootout territory now as far as how many laps are left it's time to go and we're going now yep and if you've ever and the I guess the old adage is cautions breed cautions, especially at the end of a race, yeah. and especially at a super at the end of a super at speedway a, race. Yeah, and at at a, what you at saw a, a tapered
1: spacer race or or you know a super speedway and all that. Yeah, it, it it was it was bound to happen. And and to that um, and to that note, Rob I, Brad Keselowski. Was it had extremely pointed comments to Joey Logano, said it was a dumb move, had no business blocking like that, and was very angry and upset and and bashed the living hell out of Joey Logano. Now, let's take one step back. Last year, we could all hear the frustration in, in Brad's voice when he was talking about his team. And for the first time, there was some unhappiness over there between him and his crew chief. Uh, and by the way, he and his crew chief—they're pretty damn slick dogs. Now they've they've snapped some weight, some races right out of the the jaws of defeat and come out smelling like a rose. I was convinced mm-hmm. for about three years that. That those boys had um, two extra fuel tanks underneath eggs. I was like, how in the hell are they getting that kind of speed? I, I digress. Those guys have been great together, but you could tell in the media, and there was some some rumblings that maybe things weren't all great over there. Brad Keselowski's in a in a contract year. Um, Penske is uh, Roger Penske, although he has a great organization. He's you know he's got the the Speedway now over there, and Indianapolis is his, and all this kind of stuff, but. Over the off-season, Penske switched drivers, much like Hendrick Motorsports did several years ago. They but they switched drivers, and um, here here comes Brad Keselowski getting ready to go out there for practice. What's he do? He takes his mind off of whatever the hell he was doing, and he hit a damn pole going through the going through the fence. Rob smashes a living cuss word out of that out of that car, and I got to imagine. Let, let's just stop right here. The amount of damage that he did to that car at at this racetrack is a bad, bad deal, and, and they spent pretty much the rest of the afternoon and a little part of the next morning fixing it as a team member. Yep. I know your driver is your guy, but as a team member, that obviously puts stress on what the hell you're trying to do to make a perfect aerodynamic car, yes?
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and kudos to Brad and i can't say i saw it with my own eyes but going by what i was hearing from other people in the garage is brad chipped in helped out was yeah. helping his guys out and now part of that could be because it was his fault there's yeah. nobody to blame but the guy holding the steering wheel yeah and you know in a situation like that and but still he didn't just go off and go well sorry guys and go sit in the trailer yeah he helped out so I mean and that says a lot for that says a lot for that man it says a lot for that team it says a lot for the organization
1: yeah I will put it like this um his team probably wished that uh, he might get the hell out of the way and let them you know use the tools and that sort of thing but they also were as glad as hell that he wasn't sitting in a bus and, and 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 Brad Keselowski is using up a lot of his 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 team momentum here, doing this. He then he he basically calls out his other teammate Joey Logano. Um, apparently they they talked it out and I, I, they said that they were good, but both of them would not comment on what was said. Both I, to me, uh, they decided to move on past it, but they didn't kiss and make up, and they they ain't the same that they were before the clash. I I don't believe that at all. Um, out of the clash, we go straight into the the duels. Start today, brother. This is going to come out on Thursday. The duels are here now. Ryan Newman uh, finished fifteenth in um, in qualifying, so he's going to start eighth. You've got all the odd number guys going out in duel one. How about pretty uh, pretty Stenhouse Jr. Uh, making the front row of the Daytona 500? He starts he starts number one, and I got to tell you something, Rob Lopes. This is the one thing about NASCAR. That that I try to tell everybody every year. Don't worry, this is big time auto racing. Something is going to happen that no one is ever going to see or be able to call. And right off, right out of the gate, we see, pretty um, Stenhouse Jr. up there on the front row for the Daytona 500. I did not see that coming. Yeah. I'm happy for the guy, but this just goes to show you that you know, w- we, when you're driving a Chevy and and you're and you're driving. It doesn't matter. They've had trouble. They've had issues. All this kind. He gets in there and gets on the front row. Um, big boys get out there and drive B- Rob Lopes. And I don't think that – I don't think Daytona racetrack, I don't think it um, builds character. I think it reveals it. And he jumped on the wheel and got out there and, and got on
0: the front road. I'm fairly impressed with that, Rob. Yeah. Uh, that – it says a lot for the organization. Yeah. Um, They build a really strong car. They've got Hendrick Power, which we all know can pull oak stumps out of the ground. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, and I'm not slacking on anybody else. I mean, the stump pullers that get built over there in Mooresville for the Fords are pretty amazing as well. Sure. Um, But the whole qualifying thing, especially now, qualifying has changed dramatically at Daytona. And why it has is the simple fact is now the duels, the dual qualifying races on Thursday – Mm-hmm. are impounds yeah so just like anything else like all these other impound races that we run there's a happy medium yep. you can go out there and you can put your car on the pole and be a full-blown qualifying trim but it's probably not going to race all that well yeah or you can go out there and full-blown race trim and it's going to race its tail off, but it's probably not going to qualify well. So you try to find, especially here at Daytona and the super speedways, mm-hmm. you try to find a happy medium where you can get single car speed, but you still need it to handle for the race when you're yeah. in, in the draft, when you're in traffic, when you don't get to choose your lane mm-hmm. all the time. So, uh, and, and by all means, I am not taking anything away from that bunch over there at JTG and Brian Patty yep. and Ricky. But I would be very surprised if that thing led all day or was racy, yeah. because usually when you put a number up like that mm-hmm. in Daytona qualifying, you're probably just going to ride yeah. for the duels. Why yeah. and and why not? If you can guarantee yeah. yourself the front row there, you don't need to race. <laughs> you take it to duels. <laughs> That's right. And you can go ride, and you can ride around, and you know you can. You don't have to put on a show because you already put the show on on Sunday, and
1: yeah. you're
0: going to start on the front row as long as you don't bend that race car. up.
1: That's right.
0: So, now the curious thing to me is, is I'm pretty sure that the Hendrick bunch, at least three of them, did, were on the same program. Yeah. Well, now you've got one of them sitting outside the front row. Okay, yeah. So now what? Are, yeah, is, it's is hard to hard? do. Was it, was it was it that was it that fast? Yeah, being a, with a middle of the road setup, or was it? Oh, you got, you know, we didn't guarantee two hundred cars on the front row, and now you're yeah. sitting outside looking in with a car that's in full blown qualifying trim, and you're going to struggle come Thursday. I mean, yeah. that that's the kind of questions that I raise. Yeah. You know, it'll be it'll be curious to see how it goes.
1: Yep. Well, I'll put it to you like this: you you brought up something that I, I hadn't thought about, and this is an impound race, um, and that that does kind of change that does kind of change everything. Um, and I mean, it's nice to get up there on the front row, but you still have a 500 mile race to get to get going. So this is. I, listen, I, I the one thing I do want to talk but, about here. What's that? Go ahead. By
0: the same token. By the same token, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Okay. By the same token, the 150s are an impound race. Now there's two practices Friday, yeah. there's a practice Friday, practice Saturday for the Daytona 500. So once yeah. you get through the 150s, every car out there will be in full blown race trim. It'll be exactly the way they want to be able to drive it in the draft. Yeah. You know, no, no playing around for single car speed. It'll be the way they want it for the draft. So I don't think you're going to have the concerns come sunday that some of these cats that are probably you know went a little on the lean side as far as the downforce goes and as far as handling goes to put the number up for qualifying
1: well i can tell you this
0: surprises and i'm just i'm just spitballing
1: yeah no i i want to watch ricky stenhouse closely because look look he's won at daytona before um he, he got out of his car and famously said you know 1776 uh, um, back-to-back world champs or something like that. I don't remember what he said, but um, I saw – in fact, I think that was Dale Jr.'s last last day t- – That I believe that was Dale Jr. when he started off his uh, appreciation tour, if I'm not mistaken. I think uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Uh, won that race. He knows how to lead up front. He also knows how to wreck up front. So it's going to be interesting. I, this is all to say I'm very interested to see how Ricky runs this race because um, – History tells me that it'll probably drive over his head a little bit if he gets out front, but uh, we'll 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 see how he races on the duel, and see how that how that ride handles, and then we'll see what he does on the on the five hundred. Christopher Bell, uh, Christopher Bell is starting fifth in his in his first duel, and I got to tell you something, man. I just, everybody's been talking about him coming in here. He finally gets some gets himself a ride, I think we're got first of all we got a great rookie of the year battle getting ready to start and Christopher bell starting fifth on the first duel is um definitely it catches catches my eye um you are starting uh class? i don't even know what's that
0: who else is in the rookie class I don't even know
1: uh well, you got um Christopher bell you've got um oh my god, who's it the guy who came over to um uh, who took um, uh, Cole Custer? I'm sorry. You got Cole Custer. Okay, uh, you right. Got Cole
0: Custer, right, right, right. Tyler
1: Reddick. Um, Tyler Reddick starts ninth in the second. In the second one, now, there's. I, listen, I, this between Tyler Reddick, back to back Xfinity, um, Cole Custer and Christopher Bell starting in here. I mean, I, listen, that, that automatically makes it the best. <laughs> It makes the best uh, rookie of the year class we've had in a in a long long time. And when we come down here to the the second duel, you got Alex Bowman, Jimmy Johnson um, starting up front, Kyle bush uh, third, William Byron fourth. So it'll be see be interesting to see how, um how he 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 comes over there. And I just would you guys starting eighth uh, on the in the duel, Now, help me out here. You, you guys are, I mean, you're going to get into the Daytona 500. It's true right. that the, the, on the super speedway, it ain't so much where you start. I mean, if you're not starting on the on the front row, it, you know, you get all the pomp and circumstance when you start on the front row because it, you do that on Sunday. Uh, everybody else races to figure where they're out. But I would imagine, as opposed to the clash, Rob, these duels are going to be I mean, I think there are obviously people who are going to race. Ain't, ain't nobody but maybe Alex Bowman and um, and, and Pretty Senhouse Junior. going to maybe late maybe lay back. But uh, uh, Ryan Newman he starts eight in the, in the first duel. It's it, I expect to see a good hard race, but we're not going to see anything crazy like the Clash coming, are we?
0: I would hope not because this is pretty much. I mean. This is everybody's best bullet that they've got in their super speedway arsenal. So yeah. nobody really wants to bend them up and you want to get a good starting spot because you want to get a good pit selection. You want you wanna start up front if you know, if at all possible because that opens up doors for you as far as your strategy goes, as far as how yeah. you're gonna race. Now we've all seen it, I mean you can go from fifth to fifteenth to twenty fifth <laughs>
1: yeah. in two
0: laps. Yeah. Yep. So yes, you just want to you want to be you want to get yourself in position where you have choices to make, and you know if you choose to go to the back, you go to the back yep. and ride around, and you know just keep your car straight for the end. Um, if you want to race, you're up front. You can race, uh, but you know there's a there's a lot that there's a lot definitely a lot that goes into what's going on. But yes, a, a good starting position definitely, you know it's good for your. Good for your team, good for your organization, it's good for your morale, you know, it's good press. So, yeah. you know, I mean, I don't think no anybody wants to watch uh, a 20-car conga line for yeah. 60 laps. Yeah. But at the same token, I don't think you're going to see the moves being made in yeah. these duels that you saw during the class.
1: Nobody wants to see a 20-car uh, uh, parade, and nobody wants to see a 20-car uh, pile up either. Uh, there's gotta be a, yeah. um, yeah. A, a happy medium in there and, and something else. I, and it's just, it just so happens to be that Rob, you're back for a second year on the off the rails podcast, but you guys over there at, um, uh, Ralph Fenway have a new teammate there and Chris Boucher, um, Billy Bradley's favorite, uh, <laughs> dark horse of 2019, yeah. but he starts 10th, uh, right behind Ryman, Ryan Newman on that, on that first duel. And I, I am very interested to see. I'm from, and you don't have to make a comment or answer here, Rob, as i um, honestly, I don't want to be corrected if I'm wrong because I like the way I see things and I don't, I, I like to be, I like to see it this way. I, I, I just soon live in ignorance, but Ricky Stenhouse Jr. does, did not ever, um, help anybody out on the racetrack is, uh, on the super speedway except for himself. It seemed like from Texas. It's going to be interesting to see what, um, a guy like Chris Booster who has he's got, he's got he's he's a he's a NASCAR um, uh, Cup winner. Um, he's a good driver. He's it's going to be interesting to see how he and Ryan Newman. And you have to have teammates, and you have to have good teammates. Uh, if you're if you're, we saw it at the Clash. Uh, two wrecked race cars beat a, a clean race car because they were working together. It's going to be interesting to see how all these new teammates uh, work together. You got. Christopher Bell coming over there, but over there at you know the um, uh, Cole Custer at Stewart-Haas Racing, you know he starts right beside Kevin Harvick in 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 the second duel. So we got a lot of new yeah. things to to watch, and and you can just look at those Toyota noses to know that uh, you can't these these things don't line up like they used to back in the day, Rob. <laughs> these these you gotta you can't you can't crash into these things too hard because it's just gonna it's gonna roll up your hood and go into the Into the drivers, into the into the windshield, pretty quickly. Um, As far as the Daytona 500 goes, we do have. Do do we have a new fin back there? Uh, A Daytona 500 last year, uh, we we didn't use the new rules that we did when we went to Talladega, and then when we when we came back to Daytona. So, have you noticed much difference in the in the cars here for the Daytona 500 and the way they handled last year, Rob?
0: I think they're. They're pretty similar to the way they handled in in Talladega and mm-hmm. when we were back in when we were in Daytona in July. Gotcha. Now that we have that speedway package the way it is. Um yeah. that's pretty much you know, it's that's pretty much the standard now. Yeah. Um so I mean they still knock a pretty big hole with that big blade back there, they knock a pretty big hole in the air, so the draft yeah. is huge.
1: Yep.
0: Um so but I you're gonna see you're gonna see speedway racing the way you've seen it. Pardon me. Um, and you're still you're still looking at the Daytona 500. I mean, everybody wants it. Yeah, everybody. Um,
1: Rob, talk to me about this tire. I, people who there, there's a lot of people that's going to watch this race that don't normally watch it. And I, I always get questions from people like, how, why did they not change four tires every time they came in, or why did they only take fuel and all this kind of stuff? That that racetrack over there is does not eat up a ton of that tire, does it?
0: No, no, ever, and I'm, I'm, it's funny you bring that up, I'm trying to remember when they paved it, it's been a while now, but it mm-hmm. is. it has really retained, it's still a pretty smooth place, it's yeah. not the tire eater that it was before, because that Speedway, before they paved it, I yeah. mean, tires were huge, huge yeah. for handling, yeah. and mm-hmm. now it's, uh, you know, you can come in and get two, and you can be very competitive, you can, uh sometimes you'll see, you'll see uh so like you'll come in and you'll get right sides and then the next time you pit you'll get less and then the next time you pit yeah. you'll get right yeah uh sometimes you'll come in and get fuel only because you want track position yeah um if you pit under green and you're taking a full load of fuel you'll take four just because you're going to wait on gas anyway
1: sure yeah
0: so that's that now you know the strategy will come in later in the race fuel only you know just because you need a splash you get to the end the strategy will come in on pits you know caution pit cycles the gain track position. Uh, that place is not very abrasive on tires. And you as we see through the year, you're going to see, and this is something that as, as a tire scientist specialist that I've been paying attention to, we have some new decodes, and that's the number, that's the tire that we run at certain places. It's a, what they call a D number. It tells us what tire it is. We see some new ones, but we're not going to see wholesale changes in tires. We might see The constructions are going to stay the same. We might see a compound change here or there. Yeah. And the reason being is that this tire is obsolete at the end of 2020 because of the new car and the new stuff coming out in 2021. You're not going to see Goodyear put a ton of money into research and development to get us through the season unless there is some catastrophic thing that (laughs) happens. But there shouldn't be because we're not changing rules that much through the year. We're pretty much standing pat.
1: I can't imagine that, like you said, I can't imagine anything catastrophic coming through. But rest assured, if anything like that did happen, I, I you, you know, Goodyear would have it fixed, and I mean it would be working hard to have it done. To, you know, by the next week, or at least have a plan in place, that sort of thing. But right. um, this is all to say the Daytona 500 is not going to be uh, like the Clash. The Clash is. Um everybody's got that out of their system. Everybody now wants to, to go get that Daytona five hundred trophy because once you it's like Austin Dillon said, I used to be known as uh, Richard Childress's grandson and now I'm introduced as two thousand eighteen Daytona five hundred champion Austin Dillon. Mm-hmm. Um I mean being called Richard Childress's grandson is not the worst thing in the world, but um he, he's when he's introduced now, he's introduced as a Daytona champion. So this is big for the drivers, it's big for the teams. It's big for the sponsors. It's big for everybody in the entire sport. If you can walk away, and it's basically not only do you have to be fast, not only do you have to be good, you got to be lucky, but you got to be there at the end, too. It takes, and, and, and sometimes you can do everything right. And and not make it at the end, but if you've made it to the end, it's not because it's out of all luck. You've done your you've worked your damn ass off to get up there and done a smart job, and it's 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 a yeah. true testament. I, I love the Daytona 500 not just because of you know it's the first race and we're all back into it, but Rob Lopes, my God, you talk about strategy. You you can see it, you can watch it, you can. See, you, you can see that pack coming, and you can tell when somebody's thinking they're going to come out and all this kind of stuff. There's, to me, there's nothing more exciting than super speedway racing. There's nothing more exciting to me than the Daytona 500 starting right out the gate. Um, mm-hmm. Rob, I'm very glad that you're back this year. Um, we have a lot of stuff Good to, to be talk back. Thank you. A lot of rule changes that we're not going to talk about in this episode we're going to focus on daytona 500 and, and that sort of thing moving uh, but moving forward uh we're going to need to be educated a lot because we've got new short track package we got we're going to have news of the 2021 um, you know car and all that specs and that stuff coming out but brother it's good to be on here with you we're going to be with billy bradley later Absolutely. this week with a another short podcast and um how's the weather down there in florida buddy we're going to get this race in on sunday
0: Absolutely, it's uh, high 60s, low 70s. I mean, it's Florida, so they always tell you there's yeah. a 20% chance of rain. Yeah. Um And uh, you know, it's um, it's it's nice. It's you know, Chamber Commerce weather, and I mm-hmm. think we're gonna we're not gonna have any issues as far as weather goes. As far as running day Daytona 500, at least what I can tell from the extended yeah. forecast right now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, everything should everything should go great for us.
1: Well, i tell you one thing. If you are going to Daytona 500, get there early.
0: Uh, the
1: Secret Service are going to make sure that it's not an easy traffic flow situation going in there. Uh, with President Trump That's in attendance, it ought to crazy. be... Yeah, it ought to be. I mean, it's always crazy, right? gonna. But when you yeah. say it's going to be crazy for Daytona, that is saying something. <laughs> it's usually, uh, I've been the one Daytona 500. I said I would never go. I couldn't be happier that I went, and I enjoyed it. It was. It's an amazing experience. I cannot wait to watch it on TV. Rob Oaks, I want you guys to be safe down there on Pit Road. It'd be nothing but uh, we've seen you in Victory Lane before uh, after the Daytona 500. So, um, damn it, sure, would be, be nice to, to see you in again. there again, pal. Sure.
0: Yeah, no shit. I appreciate that. It sure would be nice. Rob, be safe. We'll talk to you next
1: week. And um, and for everybody out there, let's go. uh, It's 2020. Let's go big-time NASCAR racing. What do you say, Rob Lopes?
0: Let's go racing. Hell yeah. Hell yeah.
1: Well, that marks the end of our show. Thanks for listening to Off the Rails, and we hope to see you again next week.